the situation is now that we have institutional theaters and we have independent scene. And independent scene is often very politically, uh, of course, against the um, official narrative, official politics, and uh, also working still under challenging circumstances. They are, of course, better than during the 90s, but still, of course, there is not support that the independent scene deserves. Hi everyone, welcome to Now Boarding, a new travel podcast by me, Payal Nair. This show aims at creating awareness about ecotourism, sustainable tourism, responsible travel and a lot more. We will cover stories and journeys of people who are ecotourism specialists and those who are leaders in their field. We will also be talking to people who have had unique travel experiences, remarkable conceptual places to stay, unexplored cultures and ancient histories of various towns and cities around the world. Join me in this journey of knowing more about travel. Get inspired to see the world and discover your inner self. Hi, everyone. Today, I am in conversation with Diana Milosevic. Uh, Diana is talking to me from the mountains in Serbia. Um, Diana is a very, very um, accomplished artist. Uh, she's the artistic director of a theater company called Da Theater. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> um, so she's the artistic director and founder, and apparently is the first ever theater company in Serbia. So thank you, thank you. so much for joining me today, Diana. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you. It's it's really been a pleasure, and thank you for inviting me, and thank you for such a amazing introduction. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, uh, you've done a lot of amazing things, which is why probably my introduction is not. It, it doesn't half uh, qualify <laughs> to, to the amount of um, work that you're doing. So, uh, Diana, let's um, just you know, start a little bit uh, by telling us about your background. Um, you, you, I know you're from Serbia. So just a little bit about you, and then we can talk about your amazing uh, accomplishments. Yeah. So I, I'm coming from uh, Belgrade. This is the capital of Serbia. And um, Serbia used to be the part of big country Yugoslavia. And uh, Yugoslavia was the country that unfortunately split into during the tragic civil wars during the 90s of the 20th century. But uh, it's very interesting or strange because, of course, my identity was uh, Yugoslavian. I was Yugoslav for like first 30 years of my life. And then we had to learn through a very painful process that suddenly uh, we are Serbs or Croats or so on because uh, Yugoslavia split in uh, six independent new states. And still, if you would really ask me where I'm coming from, I would say Yugoslavia or Belgrade, actually, because Belgrade is my home city. I was born there. I grew up there. And in my education is in the special psychology and the theater directing. 
And uh, then in 1991, I started to, uh, when I graduated, I started to direct professionally. But then very soon I realized that that was not my cup of tea, that I wanted to form my company. So I co-founded with another director, Yadrinka Angelic, a theater company, Dach Theater, that still exists. And parallel with that, I'm also a professor at the Institute for Modern Dance, where I teach directing and choreography. So this is in brief, um, so I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, so you, uh, so like I said in the introduction, uh, this is the first ever theater company in Serbia. Um, what? It was the first uh, professional independent theater company in Serbia. Okay. Okay. Serbia had a long tradition of the institutional theaters and ad hoc groups that would gather around one project and then split or amateur theater. But we were the first one that established a professional independent theater company. And for us to be independent was very important because when we started in 1991, the civil war started and then we didn't have to do anything with the state and with the, any kind of the politics, politics or policies of the state. And this is why we, co-founded our theater ourselves. So we, we wanted to say we were not founded by any other body. Okay, so it's an independent theater company. Uh, exactly. So what is the kind of, um, you know, so when you started in 1991, it must have been very challenging. Uh, so what, what are the different kinds of um, theater productions that your theater company got involved in at that time and how has it evolved over the years um you know what kind of uh, genre are you really um invo not involved in but what what, what kind of genre do you create as a theater company Yes, when we started, we created a theater laboratory, uh, which means that we wanted actually to continue the tradition of theater laboratories. That is the, tra the European tradition, let's say, uh, of Grotowski, very famous Polish theater director, or Eugenio Barba, uh, Italian um, uh, director of Odin Theater, and so on. In short, theater laboratory uh, means that um, it is not only about production of the shows, of course, yes, but the process is equally important. That process uh, uh, could last for a very long time, uh, completely uh, opposite of, let's say, three weeks, four weeks. Sometimes it could last for a year or two because it involves research it, and experimentation. And when we say laboratory, for us, it meant that we were creating conditions and that we were experimenting with those conditions. What is interesting about, let's say, our case was that theater laboratory also understands, uh, implies the closed space for a very limited number of spectators and so on. And when we started, we said we wanted to work in traditional theater laboratories. And we wanted to do, not to do uh, po political theater. Right. Uh, we wanted to do for indoors and uh, so on in the very controlled surrounding. What happened in reality was completely opposite. Our very first show was anti-war show. So it was done um, 
in the outdoor space of the city center. I mean, uh, literally the center of the city, the, the central square of the city. And it was the political theater because it was anti-war and it was done in front of hundreds of spectators and it was done in the very unsafe conditions because uh, in that time our government actually started initiated the, the tragic bloody war and of course we were against it so basically our reality dictated our beginning and our beginning marked our history because we started as the theater that uh, immediately engaged with society. And the reason why we said in the beginning we didn't want to do political theater was because in that time, political theater was done uh, in our country, according to us, by very corrupted, um, let's say, directors. Um, the political theater of that time in our country lack uh, real uh, questions, real responsibility, and so on. For the, from the very first moment, we started to explore questions as uh, what was the role of the artist in the dark times? Uh, what was the responsibility of artists when people suffer so hugely around us? And we were in this very special complicated situation because we were in the civil war and the civil war was initiated by our government. So it was done in our names to say. So we basically learned later from activists that what we did was to transform the feeling of guilt into the responsibility. And our answer was to create the show that was based on the Bertolt Brecht poems and uh, uh, the, the very famous German playwright and director Bertolt Brecht wrote those uh, poems while he was in exile in Denmark at the wake of the Second World War. And he really spoke as our contemporary. And that very first performance in a way marked our history forever because from then on until today, we are exploring the topics that are connected with the relation of uh, between the individual and the history uh, we are exploring the responsibility of artists. We are always uh, somehow responding to what is happening around us. So it's very, very topical. You can yes, exactly. now. Okay. Um, how do you, so, I mean, just going back to your first theater performance and how instead of it being in closed doors, it ended up being, um, you know, an outdoor event a performance and how hundreds of people uh, were able to come and watch it, even though you, you mentioned that um, it was not really, it was a bit dangerous. Um, exactly. How did you manage to get actors? Um, because, you know, they, the people who um, were a part of the performance must, so were they like professional actors? Uh, did they train through your uh, theater company? And how, how, how easy was it for you to find these actors? So what we did at the beginning, we uh, did a, a huge, a big audition. And but unlike the traditional auditions, we said that we are going to work for a month with the actors who want to enroll into audition and eventually to continue to collaborate with us. But the the month of working together, like a month long workshop, would give us both ideas 
of can we collaborate, what is the kind of work we would like to do and so on. And so when we started, it was just before the war. So we didn't know that actually yeah. civil war would start. When we yeah. started, we had the other idea to start to work on the uh, text of very famous um, uh, Serbian author, Momčilo Nastasevic. And this is what we presented to actors. And so after a month of work with let's say about 30 actors, uh, we decided together to continue to work as DAC members with four of them. And then we invited one actor extra, let's say. And uh, so this was how the first actors came. But then when we started to rehearse for that uh, uh, show uh, based on the stories by Serbian author, the war started. And then uh, I will always remember that that our rehearsals or the breaks uh, during rehearsals were actually the time when we were having conversations and of course being desperate, feeling guilty, feeling scared, feeling sad, and we were discussing what we are going to do. And also what we offered at the beginning was that we are not going to create, as I said, a show in a few weeks, but we offered a, a training that would uh, last for some months. And uh, that it would be, uh, I mean, all actors were professional actors that enrolled. They uh, had the traditional background at the theater academy in Belgrade as me and my co-director had as well. But we started to uh, actually apply what we learned uh, at our basically apprenticeship at Odin Theater. And we wanted to uh, start another path, let's say. And so uh, actors agreed, they were interested to do so. And so we started to work. So from when we started, it was, I remember June. So we just had our 31st anniversary recently. Wow. And then we premiered that first anti-war uh, piece in a year from then. And, it was, and I think it was a very wise decision because in that year, almost a year, uh, we had the chance all together to grow and to perfect our skills and techniques. And exactly those skills and techniques in a way shielded actors, protected actors, when they acted on the streets. Because yes, as you said, it was dangerous. I mean, we had lots of people that were pro-war, unfortunately. I would say half of our population, we had people in uniforms, we had uh, in our audience military and paramilitary troops and so on. And then what happened was that we never had any incident. And, many, and we were very clearly against the war and we were very clearly accusing the, what our government was doing. And it was especially important because in that time it was huge censorship. And uh, our citizens couldn't see anything about, uh, like related to what was really happening on TV or through media. While, of course, through the you know, telephone in that time, there were no computers or you know, like digital technology, but through the telephones and the you know, mouth to mouth uh, transmission, we were uh, hearing horrific stories of what was happening like 100 kilometers from our city. And so the citizens were in a very specific, I would call it schizophrenic situation that officially everything was fine. There was some war that was happening far away. It, that was official narrative. While we all knew what was happening, of course, we didn't know the details. So it was really like a healing, collective healing for the audience to see finally publicly, even by the small theater group, in that time unknown theater group, 
but the power of the public word was actually enormous. And people were coming, uh, I mean, spectators uh, that were our citizens, I mean, you know, passers-by and so on, after the show telling us that they felt finally like, uh, uh, you know, in a way not healed because it was, uh, you know, the start of all the horrors, but uh, that they, they were thanking us that they were able to hear publicly what was happening. And so that was when I learned about enormous power of the theater that actually uh, has the possibility of transmitting the, I mean, publicly, the truth. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and theater is a very, very powerful medium to, you know, for for communication and it and the impact that theater has. Of course, it has to be the right kind of theater. This episode of Now Boarding a Travel and Tourism podcast is supported by Podcast Melting Pot Collection, which is an inspiring podcast series covering journeys of culturally diverse and passionate individuals. And it also envisions to be a leading platform for motivational storytelling that inspires listeners from all walks of life. So, um, so moving forward, um, you know, after that period, how did your theater company evolve? Um, do you have you at? Do you also have um, like workshops for new actors? Um, are you? Do you invite um, actors from other parts of the region to also come and be a part of your theater company? Um, and how, in general, has theater evolved in Serbia? Okay, so this is a <laughs> complex. Yes, I've kind of packed in like three yeah. questions and I'm going to leave the floor to you now. <laughs> yeah, just remind me if I miss anything. But speaking uh, about my company, uh, I can say that the first ten years were very special ten years because we did in the we worked in the circumstances of the civil war. Yeah. So basically, the fall of dictator of that time Milosevic, that by chance had the same surname as mine, but I have nothing to do. <laughs> it's a very common surname. Uh, happened in two thousand. So and. So for the almost 10 years, we worked in the uh, circumstances of civil war after the civil war uh, that ended with the um, uh, bombing of our country by NATO and then eventually the fall of dictatorship. I would say that uh, basically our commitment to, to the theater and the vision that we had and the vision was like that we can influence the positive transformation of first of all ourselves and then our community through theater kept us going and when i recall those times it seems now almost like incredible have we been crazy i mean we were working under the air raids we were working under the terrible pressure of what was happening of uh, hearing about massacres done by our troops and so on and so on and uh, but somehow we had this, um, uh, uh, from the very beginning, we established very clear rules and the rules were very strong and the rules actually kept us. And the rules were like kind of the 
frame or a grid that we kept for many years and very concrete uh, rules like uh, common time, uh, clean the space, uh, there are no excuses. I mean, there are no excuses not to come to the rehearsal. So on, so on. Um, I mean, up to the moment when we were coming during the air raid, because it was in our DNA, you know, to yeah. come and to work. And um, uh, we uh, continued to, uh, from time to time, of course, not all actors um, uh, remained and uh, they, it was economically, it was extremely challenging. And this is why from time to time, the actors were leaving us or some other actors were coming. And very often we were doing auditions. And so, I mean, when I say very often, it means every couple of years, not every year or every yeah. couple of months, but every couple of years. We were doing auditions and in that sense slowly like the core of the company uh, and ensemble was created and with that ensemble uh, or some some actors that were coming or leaving and so on we remained until recently i mean even today uh, there are people that uh, work with us for 15 years 10 years and so on um, we were trying to uh, really, the rule was that in that time uh, was that nobody could work anywhere else. And that was very tough rule. And this is why actors were leaving because they had to support the families and so on. But we said, okay, let's try to put all our activities under the roof of the theater. I mean, symbolically speaking roof because we didn't have yeah. the space. But better focus all our energies than to, you know, like lose the energy of doing gigs and working there and there and so on. So this is also, I think, the very important uh, reason why we actually survived these very challenging years. Uh, we, uh, what was very interesting was that we didn't have the um, actors from our region. It was very complicated because, you know, our country was officially in the war with other countries in the region. But we had in that time an actress from United States, Kathy Randalls, and an actor from Britain, from uh, Great Britain, from England, actually, um, uh, Alistair O'Loughlin. And they came because they were interested and fascinated with our work. They saw our work because one of our, we created so-called tactics of survival, we called it, because we were aware that we would be targeted by our government because we were anti-war, we were very clear about that. Uh, uh, I mean, there, were, there was one maybe free radio and one free newspapers where we were freely expressing what we felt and thought about the politics of our government then. So we realized that we had immediately to start to make the connections with, uh, uh, with abroad, with the companies and individuals from abroad. So we started to travel from the very first months of uh, existence of that theater. And it was very powerful tactic because by the time a government started to be aware of us and started really to be, I mean, to, to I mean, we, we got threats, we were not, of course, financially supported and so on. We had a strong uh, network of theaters, universities, individuals that would support us. And our government wanted to present democratical face to the world. That was like a, a good thing. So this is why it meant to them. And this is what saved us because we knew that whenever there was a pressure, we would be asking, you know, our colleagues to write the letters and to support us and so on. 
but those two actors so came uh, out of our tours. Do you mind if I move from the sun because maybe go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. The picture. But uh, those two actors uh, we met during our tours and they decided to come to work with us. And it was amazing because in the very dark years of 90s of 20th century in our country and literally dark because we had lots of power cuts, we suddenly had two people who came out of love for the theater. And uh, so it was quite amazing to, to have also them in the company for some years. Oh, so they actually came uh, to be a part of your company. Exactly. And they stayed for a couple of years, then they returned to their countries yeah. and they're also doing okay. theater. In their so, uh, so are there similar theater companies now? I mean, let, uh, in the present, um, like I know the art theater obviously has a history um, you started in 1991 but are there other theater com companies how robust is theater in Serbia as of today so yes when we started we were the only one and the first let's say first but then uh, uh, very soon the, the phenomena happened that actually the whole independent scene started to be formed and I think it was really reaction to I mean to the hard times and the artists that, that didn't want to uh, comply with government actually started to form their own project collectives and so on all in extremely challenging situation and the conditions. And I can just say that maybe this is something that I'm very proud of, that often we heard that the fact that we existed gave the strength to them to go on because they thought, okay, if that theater managed, we are going to manage. Yeah. So uh, during the 90s, the independent theater scene of Serbia had been formed. And now today there is the whole independent scene uh, of, uh, of uh, theaters, but also visual artists and, uh, you know, from other artistic fields uh, that maybe a couple of hundred different projects, collectives and so on. So it's a one very big network that we are also the part of. So there is the situation is now that we have institutional theaters and we have independent scene and independent scene is often very politically, uh, of course, against the um, official narrative, official politics, and uh, also working still under challenging circumstances. They're, of course, better than during the 90s, but still, of course, there is not support that the independent scene deserves. Have you ever thought, and you yourself are a performer and an artist, right? I am theater director, and okay. I can say an artist. I, I'm not an actress, but okay. I do I do the performative lectures. Let's say so. From time to time, I am on the stage, but not as an maybe as kind of the performer. So, but I'm performing my own, let's say, text or speaking about uh, the biography of the theater through uh, the lens of the theater director and so on. Okay. Um, have we, what about cinema? Have you ever thought of um, getting involved in that medium um, of performance? And also, um, what kind of cinema is there 
at the moment in Serbia? Is there independent cinema in Serbia? And is it something that you've thought of doing or you've already been involved in? Have you ever directed, uh, whether it's a documentary or a film, a feature or a short film or anything? I, of course, I love cinema. I think it's amazing art and medium. Uh, I haven't been directing uh, uh, cinema film films or uh, videos uh, per se, but I did collaborate, and we did collaborate with uh, theater with movie directors. Uh, that um, recently, for example, uh, we created together with a film director two films about our last show, Dancing Trees. And one is really like the film about the show, the other is documentary. But uh, uh, we were like collaborating, me and another theater director with the movie director, but he was the director of the film. Or we are using lots of video in our work, but also we collaborate with other artists for uh, that. Uh, for me, these are two very different mediums. And uh, I think very different skills are needed to direct the movie and direct the theater. And I was so absorbed with, uh, it, 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 with the, um, actually not only the work, but with the life of my uh, group that uh, I simply didn't have time really to uh, dive deeply into the film. But um, uh, absolutely, I collaborate a lot with the video and film directors. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about your current, is there anything in production at the moment? At this moment, uh, we are very happy that we really established a full repertoire. And this is something that is unusual for the independent groups or collectives, because usually maybe they have one or two works and then they stop performing it, create new. But we, uh, we are very aware that it is important to perform for many years our shows and because they grow uh, through performing. And um, so right now we are having about six shows on our repertoire from like one woman show to the, let's say, bigger shows. And um, uh, we, uh, we are, so the last show we created is that I mentioned, Dancing Trees, that we yeah. are performing outdoors in the public parks. And this is something that we are doing right now. We are also involved in many European projects that are projects where theater and arts are used as a tool for education uh, of uh, professors or students or uh, um, uh, different um, groups, community groups, it could be migrants and so on. So this is very also a big work that we are undertaking. And uh, right now I'm actually uh, writing the book, uh, Life in One breath <laughs> because <laughs> Dach means breath oh. and so this is what is for this year and uh, we of course I have uh, wishes and my colleagues colleagues have their wishes yeah. ideas yeah. what we are going to do next but for now we are very engaged with all of this excellent and I think creativity has no time limit <laughs> I think exactly. it's you know you just um, it just comes and you just flow with it. So I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you, Diana. Thank you so you very much and good luck yeah. with Dar Theater and uh, the fact that there's so much history, um, you know, which is a part of 
the evolution of dark theater. It's definitely something to be so proud of. And I am really, really also uh, interested to know more about your book. So when it gets published, do is, is it in, is it going to be translated into different languages? No, I plan it. Yeah, I've, originally it will be in Serbian, but then yeah. I really plan to Excellent. So I'm going to definitely uh, keep a tab on that. And uh, when you do publish it, do share the information with me. And I'm definitely going to. No, I will. And please, you can follow us on the uh, our webs for our website. Yes. And uh, we are touring a lot. So who knows? Maybe they'll come to Singapore. <laughs> we have Absolutely. actually uh, some artists that we know in Singapore. And so maybe it will happen. Wow, that'll be amazing. Is there anything that, you know, the last few words that you would like to share with um, young aspiring actors who are looking at making theater their profession and being a part of it? Um, is there anything that you'd like, you know, there, there are listeners from different walks of life. So anything inspirational that you would like to say and share with them and with me i would like to say to them that the to to walk uh, on this path of independent theater is amazing and uh, it is uh, not easy but it is uh, gorgeous it's glorious it's the life that is absolutely uh, it requires full commitment but it is also extremely rewarding. And, uh, but this path really starts with commitment and with opening the door of the studio every morning. So I would say to aspiring uh, actors, get into studio and do the work and um, you'll be on this path. Excellent. Thank you so much, Diana. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed chatting with you and enjoy uh, the beautiful uh, weather before you, because you're up in the mountain, before you head into heat of Belgrade. So, and I hope to come to your beautiful country one day. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Diana. Thank you. Appreciate it. It takes a lot of hard work and commitment by me and my team to bring these meaningful conversations to you week after week. If you're enjoying our podcasts, do write in reviews, follow and subscribe. It encourages us to continue with our mission of creating a community. I also have a very small request. There is another way of supporting. A one-time donation from you will greatly, greatly, greatly help. You can reach out on our Instagram pages, Podcast Melting Pot and now boarding.podcast. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Now Boarding, a travel podcast. Check out other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And of course, don't forget to share your thoughts with us. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes only on Now Boarding, a travel podcast. <laughs>